Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Today on Watching Your Wealth, financial tips for blended families. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, while you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Jane King is the owner of Fairfield Financial Advisors. Welcome, Jane. Thank you. Nice to be here. Great to have you. So, Jane, as you know, there are more and more blended families or non-traditional families. So if you're in the position um, that you're thinking of combining your family, making becoming a blended family... When do you begin discussing financial issues with your partner? That can can be tricky, um, but I think, in my opinion, the sooner the better, because if both um, potential members of this newly blended family are not willing to discuss finances openly, then that's probably a sign of trouble, because people come with you know, children and debts and assets and all kinds of things and entering into a new relationship, full disclosure should be given before you pursue the more serious parts of the relationship. So before you pursue marriage, per, per se, Correct. is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, so like what should you, how should you disclose all this information? Should you hand them like a list of here are my assets and liabilities or something romantic like that? Yeah, something just <laughs> as romantic as that. Yes, that's what I would do. And because in anticipation of signing, if it all goes well, a prenuptial agreement, um, where you'll definitely have to disclose all assets and liabilities, um, making a list, even you know, like a net worth statement of um, your the things you own and the things that you maybe will potentially inherit, um, is is an excellent uh, first start. You said ideally um, we have a prenup, so this is something we should be working towards in a blended family. You're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the non-negotiables when forming a blended family. Make sure each partner, husband, wife, partner, has a prenuptial agreement before entering in, before marrying, of course. And then each partner should be represented by their own attorneys so that each person is, is protected or protecting um, his or her children coming into the relationship. So it, protecting the children, is that the main reason for the prenup, or is there other reasons? Well, it probably protecting the new spouse and the children. In my opinion, the, the, the children should come first, because if there is, if there are assets that would go to the children, and without a prenup, they might go to the new husband or spouse, then that would be terrible. So in terms of someone coming in, if I'm coming into a relationship and say I'm coming in with a dollar, but that dollar at my passing or a future divorce, if if that was in the cards, will go to my children, not to my new spouse. And if you don't have kids, do you need to still worry about a prenup, though? I, I think I would, because if um, if you're joining in, in a house, maybe you're moving into his house and without children... But what happens if he dies? Will his children or other heirs toss you out? I so see. making it um, clear that if you come in, move into a house or acquire assets, whose they are and where will they be going in case of a split or a, um, a death? 
How do you handle inheritance? Because say you're, you know, you're an adult and your parent dies and you're going to inherit, you inherit money. How do you handle that in a blended family? I would do it as, as both a parent and as a member of a blended family, I would do it in a trust. So um, my, if I wanted my daughter to inherit this dollar for me, and I don't know whether her marriage, which I hope will last forever, but if it doesn't, that the dollar that would go from me to her in trust would never become marital property. So in the event of a split, 50 cents of that dollar wouldn't go off with the departing spouse. Let's see. What about, you know, you said trust. What about updating our wills and trusts in anticipation of a marriage? What should we be doing? Oh, absolutely. Very important. And and you can do that before you're married and just say, in anticipation of my marriage to John Smith, I am updating my will to include the following or updating my trust documents to include the following and getting the advice of an estate planning attorney who's accustomed to working with blended families would be an important um, step. Indeed. Uh, We need to take a quick break, Jane, but would love to hear more of your tips for blended families. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Make sure to check out the Future of Everything podcast because the future is closer than you think. All new episodes each Friday in June. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. We're back with Fairfield Financial Advisors, Jane King, who's giving us tips for blended families. Jane, so what are some of the mistakes blended families should avoid? Not signing a a prenuptial agreement is probably the biggest mistake that people can make, saying, well, we'll sort that out later, or we'll do a postnuptial agreement, or we'll kind of discuss that later. Um, Entering into a marriage, whether it's, you know, first or second or third, to um, to make sure the financial part is fully disclosed and then each person is aware of what will be ours and what will remain his or hers. Makes sense. What about having your name on the deed to the house where you're living? Should you make sure you get that done? Because I would think you may be combining houses or maybe keeping two houses. So how do you handle the, the deed issues? Absolutely should have your, your name on the deed. Because if you're moving in and people move in together, not you know just for financial reasons, but practical reasons, the school system is better or the house is bigger. But if you and your children move into his house, um, the title should be either in joint name or if, in fact, because of other considerations, it isn't appropriate to be in joint name, you, the one moving into his house, should be granted a lifetime tenancy in case he dies and, and your name is not on the deed. To protect yourself. What about life insurance? What should we be thinking about there? Well, it's it's uh, it's really to protect uh, in in this case in these cases mostly the cash flow from your ex spouse. If 
he or she is paying child support or alimony and he or she dies, then there should be um, maybe a million-dollar life insurance policy so that when those checks stop coming because that person passed away, you're not in financial straits. You you get the the proceeds of the life insurance policy and therefore are able to um, support your children until they've... So you're majority. so you're carrying that life insurance policy on your ex spouse. Is that right? Each each one of you usually carries it on the other, and often it goes into a trust. So I might be carrying life insurance for which I'm paying. So I know I'm paying the premiums right. on my ex spouse. So I know that million dollars is on his life, and if you know he dies, then it comes to me, or often through a trust, and and vice versa. That's a key point. One of our listeners had emailed me or chatted with me about that, saying, you know, make sure you know the premiums are being paid because you don't want to assume they've got this life insurance and then they die and they haven't been paying the premium. So if you're paying the premiums, you stay in control and you know that money's going to come to you and your kids and you're covered. Yeah, and, and you want to own that insurance policy or own it in a trust over which you have control because um, it's you know, it's, again, one of those things about protecting your children and whether that's to pay for their day-to-day maintenance or future college costs, um, the money should be there. Great tips. Thank you so much for joining us, Jane. My pleasure. And this has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out the Future of Everything podcast because the future is closer than you think. All new episodes each Friday in June. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.